0: We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free
1: speech lives here. Talk Radio 12. WPHT. WOGL HD. 3 Philadelphia. Radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your host. for the
2: I'm doing great, Mark. How are you?
1: I am very, very good. And we're excited here to be talking to you every week here on Talk Radio 1210 every Sunday. If you want to ask us a question, and commercial, residential, mortgages, whatever, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Dean?
2: My number is 609-605-7153.
1: And for 11 years, we were here. the answer, keep you informed, and whatever we can do, you can listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com, or at WPHT's website also. So what's coming up today, Deanne?
2: Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Got one. We have our business tips with asking Dr. A. Yes. We also have Mark's funny story.
1: Got a true one for you today.
2: A true one? True. Story. Wow. All right. We also have our mortgage mom talk topic. Which is <laughs> PMI. What is it and how do I get rid of it?
1: It's a good one.
2: We also have our questions, Mark. Um, I found I have a contract with a real estate agent to sell a house. I have found out the company she worked for went out of business. She is now with a new agency. Is my contract with her still valid? That's a good one. I'm a new buyer. My agent that I just met asked me to sign a contract with them. I just met them and I'm a little nervous about locking myself in for a long time. I really don't know them. What advice can you give me? Next question is, what should I do to learn about homeowners association before I move in? That's, That's a good, good question. Next one is, how long should I list my house for with the agent?
1: So it sells. <laughs>
2: Mark, we also have our topic of the day six myths about selling your home. Yes. But first, give us your motivational quote.
1: And the motivational quote is nothing will ever be attempted if all possible objections must first be overcome. So if you overthink it, like last week's topic was indecision, you overthink it and keep thinking, what could go wrong, what could go wrong, what could go wrong, nothing's ever going to happen. So, nothing. That's would why be they attempted. have
2: a huge window in the front and a small rear mm-hmm. view mirror.
1: That's right, because we're not going that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, where are we at?
2: Mark, we're up to the market report.
1: And there is the bell. You know, before I get into this whole market report, you know, I am like very upset that we are not open in Philly. Uh, yeah, I don't like to are. get into too much politics, but I think it's time to open the doors. You know, it's ridiculous that I can ride 15, 20 minutes in any direction and sit in a restaurant and I can't sit in a restaurant in Philadelphia. And 60% of the unemployed in the United States are in the bar and food uh, uh, industry. So I mean, it's time to open up the restaurants and sit every other booth. I don't get it. It's really ticking me off. And these poor people are going under. Every week I hear about more and more of them going under. Because they can't survive 160 days being closed.
2: No, agreed. And, and, you know, they're trying to be creative and do things outside. But, you know, we're coming into September, October, November. What's going to happen when it's cold outside?
1: Yeah. And when it's 95 degrees out or it's raining, you got a problem. So open the doors. Governor Wolfie and uh, Mayor Kenny, two peas in a pod, I tell you. Anyway.
2: All right. Come on. Back to the real estate market. So, with.
1: 73 new listings hitting the market this week. More than 80,000 transactions total. This is nationwide. Total inventory is now under 600,000 across the country for the first time ever. That's the lowest number ever for sale. At 593,000 single-family homes on the market, we are 1.5% fewer than a week ago.
2: Yeah, com- I feel it. I definitely yep. feel
1: it. For a comparison, in 2016, we had 1.1 million homes for sale at this time. This is a record inventory low and a high consumer demand is fueling the strongest sellers market we've ever had, ever. I mean, I can't this is we're talking about at forever. This is the lowest amount of houses for sale ever. I sent an email out to all the agents this week, and I said, you know what? That uh, Philly schedule and that Eagle schedule is probably not going to work. It might be a good time. Remember the old uh, uh, Verizon or Bell Telephone commercial years ago? Reach out and, and
2: talk touch to someone. Somebody. Touch reach someone. Reach out and touch someone.
1: It's yep. time to reach out and touch someone.
2: I got in trouble with that.
1: Yeah, nobody even <laughs> responded to my email. <laughs> <laughs> So Thursday, anyway, in the city of Philadelphia's public health commissioner announced that restaurants will be allowed to open for indoor dining at 25% of their original capacity starting September 8th, provided there's no rise in cases. So I'm iffy about that. Indoor gatherings, up to 25 people. Movie theaters will also be given a green light, while gaming facilities such as arcades, bowling alleys, all that other stuff. This is all having an impact on real estate and businesses. Effective immediately, with food and drink prohibited. Uh, I seen something yesterday about a hat. There's going to be a concert somewhere in New Jersey, Williamstown, where they're going to do all these bands, and you sit in your car, and you got to you come in a car, and it's twenty dollars per person, and kids are free, and you're going to watch the concert on a screen. Why? Is how Why? Because.
2: Why would you do that? I'm
1: just saying, why would you do that? I don't know. I guess you could do whatever you want in your car while you're watching the concert, I guess. It sounds bizarre to me, but anyway. Uh, For the most part, five decades. Now, here's some really good news. For the most part, for the past five decades, Camden, New Jersey, has been a symbol of what was wrong with urban America. These days, though, the city, you know, the population of Camden is only 74,000. 74,000 people in Camden, New Jersey. Uh, so now, all of a sudden, stuff's happening in Camden. This is going to be the next place to invest.
2: Good stuff it, is happening in Camden.
1: Real good stuff. It's
2: got the lowest crime rate right now in, ye- in, in years.
1: Yeah, because a few years ago, they got rid of the police force, and they did that county thing, so all the different townships were involved, and then they had more police force. anyway, it isn't just about building buildings, which are representative of progress. They have built some infrastructure. They've built parks. They've brand new schools. they spent $465 million worth of schools. Commercial real estate development has surged in Camden, thanks in part to these developers, which last year relocated to Camden, and it's an on, ongoing all-in-one city, according to uh, this one guy that's doing investment. The company has about 800 homes either under construction or that were recently completed and it plans for another 400 homes in the east east camden area so
2: mark it makes sense it's on the waterfront yeah i mean it's Uh, prime real estate make it work
1: and if they if they get smart about taxes you're going to have a lot of philly developers over there real quick coming over the, the bridge yeah yeah the way this guy's acting because uh, uh, he's in the hole for about a billion dollars, I heard, and that he's going to want that back from somebody. And I guess that, and that somebody's going to be us. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us some of the good news about the rates.
2: The rates are still phenomenal, Mark. Your conventional 30 year fix, 2.625 percent, your 30 year VA, 2.4 percent, you have your FHA at 2.625 percent. And you have, if you you want to do a cash-out refinance on a conventional mortgage, you're looking at a rate of 3.125%.
1: You hear that, Mr. Devlin?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, the rates are phenomenal. If you're interested in refinancing, give me a call at 609-605-7153. All right, very good.
1: So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive all the time. We will be right back.
0: On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying good news in real estate with Deanne Casares and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt Free Living. Learn more at WeHateDebt.com.
1: All right, welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio WPHT. All positive all the time. So we're at the end.
2: Mark, we're up to your funny story.
1: All right, now I got, and this story is a true story too. This actually happened. An agent told me this. So this agent is sitting with one of his older clients, and they're waiting for the company to print out the loan docs at settlement to close the deal. And the client asked, What are we waiting for? And the agent said, We're waiting for the docs. And she exclaimed, My friend warned me that I'd be signing my loan papers, would be a lot, a lot of paperwork and difficult. But I didn't know we'd have to have any doctors present.
2: Oh my God. (laughs)
1: She she actually said that. (laughs) He was like, No, there's no doctors. We're just, that's the paper.
2: (laughs) It's called the docs. That's funny.
1: She thought there was going to be a doctor. Just in case something went wrong.
2: If you have a funny story you'd like to hear, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501.
1: And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment. And her topic today is PMI, what is it, and how do we get rid of it?
2: Wow, that was good, Mark. I know that was good that's probably three out of what 11 years
1: yeah pretty good average
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you think (laughs) this is a a big topic that comes up a lot and uh, it's it's confusing because there's two different types of mortgage insurance you have mortgage insurance that goes with an FHA loan and you have mortgage insurance that goes with your conventional loan with the conventional loan it's called PMI it's private mortgage insurance and I'm sure most prospective homeowners like the idea you know of putting as little or nothing down when purchasing their real estate but sometimes it can have their drawbacks we have a lot of programs out there anywhere from three percent to five percent but in fact it can cost you quite a bit of money if you don't come to the closing table with a sizable down payment but not to mention that there's also a higher loan balance now with today's rates That's not so true anymore because when you're looking at a rate at 2.625% and compare that to where we were before at four and a quarter, it's really not that much of a difference. But aside from having a larger mortgage payment and a higher mortgage rate, you might also get hit with an extra form of insurance. And it's basically to offset the risk that you present to the lender. And when they mean that, it just basically means instead of 20% down, which a lot of people still think you have to put down, when you're putting 3% down, the mortgage company's on the hook for a little bit higher risk. Right. So it's known as private mortgage insurance and it's PMI for short. And let's talk about what it is and more importantly, how you can avoid the PMI. So what is private mortgage insurance? And PMI is coverage that protects the bank or the lender from the borrower defaulting. It is not protection for the homeowner, but yet you have to pay for it. So a lot of people think that if they die or there's a flood in the house that that mortgage insurance is gonna apply to them to help them with that catastrophe, and it's not. It goes directly to the lender um safeguards the lender in the event you're unable to pay your home loan. It also allows them to offer a low down payment mortgages, you know, that again are historically more risky. And again, they're just more risky because there's less skin in the game. In short, mortgage insurance is all about risk and protection and simply put a mortgage with no down payment is more likely to default than one with a large down payment. And again, it depends on the buyer. Even if the buyer with a huge down payment misses their payments, the lender can probably still sell the home for a profit if it falls into foreclosure. If it's a no down payment mortgage, home prices take a dive. It could turn into an underwater mortgage. And that just basically means that you owe more than the house is worth. And that would equate to a big loss for the lender when they try to get rid of it. So that's where the private mortgage insurance comes in. And lenders are willing to dole out low or no down payment loans, but they want assurances that they won't lose their shirt in the process. Correct. So PMI solves this dilemma by protecting you know, the originating bank or the lender when a borrower with a very high to loan value mortgage defaults. It, it protects and I mean it ensures the lender that they're not taking all the chances here. So PMI is for the lender's protection, not you, and even though you pay for it. Now, there's ways to get rid of the mortgage insurance, and I want to kind of hit on that a little bit, but if you default on a loan with PMI in force, the lender will receive a payout from that company, and it's a private company, from that private mortgage insurance company to cover the associated losses. However, when it's all said, the benefit of the bar- the borrowers by giving them an opportunity to finance a property with very little or no down payment in one single loan. So it does come at a cost. So for example, homeowners these days that can obtain 97% financing, which means they're only going to put 3% down right. or higher, they agree to pay private mortgage insurance, therefore, therefore avoiding the need for a large down payment. Right. The trade-off is they get the house they want, and they don't have to wait to save up 20% down. And generally, it's required if you put them less than 20% down, you're going to have mortgage insurance. Now, Mark, that mortgage insurance depends upon on the conventional financing, depends on what your credit score is, depends on how much you put down. So somebody that puts 3% down is going to have monthly mortgage insurance versus somebody that puts 10% down. The 10% is going to be much less then that three percent right and it's also credit score driven so i i try to give people an opportunity to to take a look at should i pay it one time up front which means you never have to pay it again or should i continue to make it in my monthly payment and wait until i get 20 percent equity until that actually goes away so yeah given we did the one opp- of
1: them we did one of those not too long ago and i think the guy put up well like seven grand and yeah, it, and and he didn't have no pmi
2: Correct. I have somebody right now that has an 805 credit score. They put 10% down. The house is $350,000. And to get rid of that mortgage insurance is going to cost them $2,800.
1: Yeah, so why would you not do that? And why then you would lower you that? not do that? Yeah, and then you lower that monthly payment. and you know.
2: Right, because another 10% is $35,000. So would you yeah. rather pay 35000 or would you rather pay 2800 So it's a win-win for the buyer but you just have to take a look at the property see what the property values are is that area increasing dramatically it's like i said it's one time fee you're not paying it every year you're one and done so if somebody plans on staying in that house for 5 or more years it's definitely advantageous for them to pay that single premium up front
1: right and the way we're appreciating and and we're going to continue to appreciate i think this next after this election, this market's really going to take off. And appreciation's even going to escalate more. We're around 8% in our area right now. Like 8.6, I think it is. And then there's certain neighborhoods that are like really high. Me, personally, less money out of my pocket, the better. OPM. <laughs> I'll No, great. Gonna, yeah, I mean, most people are not going to be in these houses for 30 years anyway. But up front, if you want to save a lot... And you got a little extra cash like this one that guy we did, put seven grand up and he avoided what a couple hundred hours a month, right?
2: Yeah, he he avoided a couple and and you do the math. You have to figure out how long it's going to take to get rid of that PMI. Multiply right. it by the monthly payment, and it, you got to see if it's going to be a win-win situation. All right. So. All so right. Perfect. Else? All right. So. PMI to have or not to have is the question that we ask. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I thought, you know, you could buy a cream and get rid of PMI, but apparently not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. Well, next will be our question and answer segment.
1: All right. Very good. So well, that was a good topic. A lot of Thank info you. there. So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back.
0: Deanne and marker halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. But first, a word from one of our home team partners, Remax, and Alan Stassen, who's famous for being a Philadelphia
1: real estate expert. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. So where are we at, Deanne?
2: Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment.
1: we good. So what's the first one?
2: The first question is, I have a contract with a real estate agent to sell a house. I have found out that the company she worked for went out of business. She is now with a new agency. Is my contract still valid?
1: Mm, that's a good question. Now, since they went out of business totally, that contract really needs to be... I ran into this before. Uh, they might have to do a new contract at the new company. Now the contract, because the contract is always with the broker. The agent's just a middle person. So when you list your house, you're really listing it with the broker that a- of that agency. And the, a- the agent works for the broker. Everything in real estate's about the broker. If that broker goes bankrupt and closes the doors, which I've ran into this before, that technically that agent may have to do a new listing contract with the new broker because I think that
2: well, that would make sense.
1: It's not that it would be void because of the entity contract is no itself longer in existence, right so uh you would have to probably do it you have to do a new listing contract with the new company like you wouldn't be able to transfer like if the agent was moving to a new company which happens a lot and then they transfer their listings to the new company this company's now gone so you would have to write a new contract not transfer write a brand new listing contract with the new agency
2: okay All right, question number two. I'm a new buyer. My agent and I just met and they asked me to sign a contract with them. I just met them a little nervous about locking myself in for a long time. I don't really know them. What advice do you have?
1: Oh, I've run into this before. I meet people, somebody refers somebody to me, they don't really know me, and I meet with them, and I ask them to sign a contract with me because I tell them the rules. I said, if you don't sign a contract with your buyer agent, the buyer agent doesn't represent you. He rep- Everybody in Pennsylvania represents the seller unless you sign a buyer agency contract. And they say, well, I just met you. I said, how about if we sign one for a week or two? And then we're, because we're gonna go out, look at some houses, and if we, everything seems good, the bad side of that coin, the other flip side of that coin is, Technically, I'm not representing you, so I got to be careful what I do as I show you these houses while you get comfortable. But I think you should sign the contract with me, and then if you're not happy in a week or two, we it'll be over and you don't have to renew. You could. I actually did it, like somebody had an open house and they wanted me to show them the open house, but they didn't want to sign a contract with me. I said, sign a contract with me for, for Sunday, one to three. Right. And when I meet you there at the open house I'll be your agent and then they felt comfortable with that
2: Mark a lot I of find agents it hard are just, to believe I find no. it hard to believe with your warm and fuzzy personality that somebody <laughs> wouldn't just want to work with you
1: Well some people are nervous and they and they're scared to sign contracts and a lot of real estate agents and you know this for a fact if you went through your files you would find tons probably 60 70% of your files of agents that got the buyer agency contract the agreement of sale everything signed on the same day because the agents are always scared they ask the buyer to sign the contract because it's a contract they'll get them to sign the uh, consumer notice but they won't ask them to sign the contract because they might say no see i never had that fear i said listen if you don't want to sign a contract i i got a problem with that i mean you're asking me to work for you but you know i need uh, i need to be under contract with you right now i'm not signing a contract i say well maybe i'm not the agent for you then you know this is there's got to be trust some both ways and i don't, I don't want that liability so i want to be on this buyer side not the seller side if i don't have a contract i'm on the seller side most sell buyers don't know that they these agents just take them out and show them houses in reality that agent, if they didn't sign a contract, works for the seller. So who would you rather work for? You know, somebody that's working for the other side? So that's my advice. Sign a short term contract. Stick into it. Yeah, sign your sign press a short sign a short term contract and and if things go longer in this market it probably won't go longer. Well it could on the buyer's side because there's not much to look at. But uh, you know, if we were in a buyer's market, there'd be plenty of houses to look at and and uh you could be out there for a while but you just sign sign a short term till you get to know them, one another i tell them i say listen you don't know me i don't know you in fact this is the two-way might not street want to work with them. i might not that's right <laughs> i might when i interview them they might not be the buyer for me right you know if they uh, i told you that one story i i had a girl and she showed up with a clipboard and said to me we expect to look at 60 houses and i said not with me or not and she kind of got a little upset that's the I, reason
2: I don't have my mortgage, I mean my uh real estate license.
1: And then uh you know, I said, "Listen, I got a few set, set up if you want to go." And we went and she bought the third one anyway. Of but course that she was did. her that was her perception. But besides, right, You sign a short one if you're nervous. That's all.
2: Good answer. Next question is, what should I learn about a homeowners association before I move in?
1: Do All the rules. And uh
2: the bylaws can, they have
1: yeah the bylaws and you can get a copy of the bylaws in advance uh, maybe you can even call go to the homeowners association and talk to somebody on the board and ask some tenants do a little due diligence ask some tenants you know how how is it living here are there any strange rules or anything i should know about and the people will tell you uh, but you can get a copy in advance and do your research because there might be something in there that affects your lifestyle that you want to do and you can't do in this Homeowners Association. So do your due diligence. Yeah,
2: right? I mean, there's there's a lot of things that can affect. I mean, when you're looking at condos, when we were shopping for the house, whether, you know, no music after 9 o'clock, the pool shuts down at 7. I mean, there's just sometimes there's just a lot of rules that...
1: Yeah, because it's a little civic association and they got a lot of time on their hands. And next thing you know, you can't take a shower after 11 (laughs) (laughs) o'clock.
2: All right, next question, number four. How long should I list my house for with an agent? Seems like there's a pattern here, Mark.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I always ask for a year. You can only list legally for a year. You can't go over a year. But I always say, you know, when I'm starting to write the contract, I always put a year. And in this market, you're not. It's, if I price it right, it's going to be gone in, in a week or so. But I usually always just put a year. And they say a year. I don't want to be on the market for a year. I said you're not going to be on the market for a year. I say, but this is what I do. I'm your your agent, and you know. So if you start a year, then you're at six months. You start at six months, then you're at three months. So I always go for a year, and then I'm willing to negotiate. But in a buyer's market it could say t- you could be messing around for you for a long yep. time what's the last one
2: all right the last question is what are the qualifications needed and how do I get my real estate license
1: <laughs> I can answer this one real fast can you yes so you got to be 18 years old have a GED or a high school the di- uh, diploma that's it and you got to take a 75 hour course required by the state uh, once you get done that course You get a transcript from the school that you went to preferably philadelphia real estate classes and then you take the state test at a testing center Costs you 49 bucks and you're licensed and then you want to figure out where you're going to join where they're going to train you and they're all different and you want to be careful but for 4.99 in my school you take the course and we'll make sure you pass the test
2: Yeah, you guys, you have such a high passing rate, and everyone compliments how exciting that your classes are. It's not boring, and you give a lot of great information, and the students really enjoy the class.
1: My instructors get great reviews. You can read the Google reviews. All right. There are some good questions.
2: Very good. All right, so coming up next is going to be our topic of the day, six myths about selling your home. All
1: right, very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We will be right back.
2: We are up to our topic of the day, six myths about selling your home.
1: And there's some interesting little stories in this one. Number one, pricing high will result in a higher price. Sorry, folks, that strategy rarely works all the time in the current market. And, and you know, and here's why. You want to do you want to do price it right the first time out of the gate. Buyer comparison shops. They aren't looking at just your home. They're looking at other properties on Zillow and everything else. And if you're, say it's your condo and it's priced like 40,000 more than all the other ones they're seeing, many buyers won't even bother scheduling the showing. They'll just focus on the other units for sale. So price it right. They don't like, some of the buyers don't like to negotiate. Maybe it's the result of years of bidding wars, all the other stuff that's going on. Most of the buyers will choose to walk away from our house rather than get into a bidding war. So to all the sellers that tell me, you know, if we're priced at like a million two and the house is only worth a million uh, one, you know, do you think that surely the buyer will make them offer of a million two? Uh, Probably not. So we see it all the time with the buyers. Listing gets stale. You put it like uh, too high. And everybody knows it's too high. Unlike wine, it's not going to get better with age. <laughs> and, you know, you got to freshen that thing up. I have a few little tricks I do, which I'm not giving away. But anyway, when a home's been on the market longer than, you know, people get suspicious. Then they're starting to wonder, what's wrong with this house? Is there something wrong in the structure? With is there some problems with it? What, what is it? Is it stigmatized? Why isn't it sold? Why, why isn't everybody else seeing it? And, and if it's out there for a long time in this market there's an issue you know why is it on the market is it overpriced whatever so a house might have been worth uh, nine hundred thousand nine hundred thousand on the day it was listed or it was uh 975 by the time it sells maybe it ends up selling for 870 because that's where it's supposed to be So when your property first hits the market, that's when you have the best opportunity to make the first impression. In fact, you get most of your views in the first 10 days. And then the next myth is about the agent said I can get the so-and-so for my house, whatever number. The seller decides to list their house, they often interview multiple agents, and then you got agent one comes in, he says 425. We talked about this last week. Agent right. 2 says 420 to 435. Agent 3 says 470. Agent 3 he and then he says he would like like to get an extra maybe 50k. And then it had the property and then they do he goes with that they go with the last agent and we did this last week called buying an age buying a listing and it sits on the market. And then finally it sells at where it was supposed to be about 420 or 410. That's a true story and you see that happen all the time. All the time. Agents, your agent doesn't decide how much your home is worth. The buyers do. Anyone who tells you they can di- guarantee you a price for your home is lying. They don't know exactly. If you want to get top dollar for your home, you need to hire an agent who's investing, photographing correctly, st- maybe staging, marketing. You know, ask the agent when you're interviewing, give them a realistic idea the value of the home. Don't hire an agent based on who gives you the highest number.
2: Yeah, but you know, Mark, it also goes the other way. Like I had a buyer bought a house for 175,000, put all these work this work into it and wanted to sell it 3 months later for 3 I think it was 385. And the agent said, they, no, the agent said, "How much do you want to sell the house for?" And the buyer said 385. And the agent said, "How much do you want to sell the house for?" And the buyer said 385. So they put it on the market. They got a couple um, they got a couple offers on the property. They got an appraisal and it came in at three oh three. Yeah. And the agent told them, you know, you're not going to get this price for this house.
1: Some people. So were you have just two stubborn.
2: options, right? You got to either split the baby, or they have to come to the table with the difference.
1: That's right. So, that that happens. Uh, myth number three: agent, an agent knocks on your door, which not too many of them do this, but there's some. Knocks you the door and says they got a buyer for your house. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. The agent, you don't know, calls, knocks on the door, tells you they have a buyer. Truth is, ninety-eight percent of the time, that's that's not true. They're just trying to get a listing, telling you they got a buyer. Right. Ask for proof of a buyer. Say, let me see your buyer's pre-approval. Let me pre-approval, see your buyers. Right? yeah let me see some of their paperwork. You know, show, make sure it's true. Uh, myth number four: It doesn't matter who you hire; the house will sell. That's not true. You wanna make sure you hire the correct agent. Every house in the market will sell within a certain price, but the range depends on how buyers perceive the home, many people, how people are gonna see it, whether or not the buyers are connected with the house. There's lots of things involved. I always get suspicious when potential sellers seem more concerned about the commission percentage than how much they're gonna walk away from the table. Would you pay an extra 5,000 in commission to make an extra 20,000? Of course you would. Every day. Right. And then myth number five, you get what you pay for. Uh, You know, We've all seen the discount brokerages offering all these discount services, and you get what you pay for in the end. You get a full-service real estate agent out there, and not all of them are, but they're just out there for the full commission. When you hire a real estate agent to sell your home, do your due diligence, ask lots of questions, read reviews, asked for references and interviewed them, you know, and, and you you can find out about real estate agents, so there's something to miss on the buyer and the seller sides,
2: so. They were good tips, Mark.
1: Yeah, that was a lot in a short little period of time there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but right now we have Dr. A on the line. Welcome, Dr. Oh, yes. A. Hi, guys.
1: Hey, doctor, how are you? So we're gonna- I'm doing we're great, gonna how about you guys? We're good. So we're going to continue where we left off last week when we were talking about, we talked about the D, the I, the S, and the Cs dealing with the COVID, and then we got into how it was affecting kids. That's where we left off, correct?
3: Correct. Right. And then we talked about how it was affecting them, and today what we're going to do is we're talking about what you can do about it.
1: All right. Go ahead. Start this.
3: Okay, what we're going to do is instead of looking at the disc, we're going to look at motives because that's going to be a more important thing to more effectively work with your kids, okay? So, for example, uh, you need to be aware of what kind of, like, drives what's going on for your kids, all right? Sometimes they are driven by this desire to learn. You know, if you're lucky, you got a kid that's kind of like a sponge, you know, you can't give them too much information. They, they like to learn. Well, if that's the case, don't try to motivate them by money, right? That's not what motivates them. Don't try to motivate them by, uh, by, by being, um, you know, very, very efficient with your time, right? Motivate them by giving them an opportunity and, and help them have a structure so they can learn more stuff, okay? Right. Uh, sometimes you're going to have a kid that, uh, that, that wants you to be efficient, so in, in that case, what you need to do is you need to let them know specifically uh, what's, uh, how it's going to benefit. What's the use? For example, if you're trying to teach them history, a lot of times kids don't want to learn about history. Uh, what do I care about what happened in 1800 in the United States? What's the big deal? Well, if, to the extent to which you can come up with a reason why they might want to learn that information is going to be beneficial to them.
1: Right. Okay? And I agree right. with you. Like, like I've been talking to my granddaughter about this, and they're all going to start out with this virtual stuff because the uh, the teachers and some of the I've read a couple of really bizarre things on Facebook with the teachers unions that. Uh, okay. They're concerned about the parents eavesdropping on what the students are learning, which is bizarre to me. I'm definitely eavesdropping now. <laughs> but but uh, but now it's like with her, with Evie, I talk to her about history and I make it in a way that it tweaks her imagination and her curiosity. That's right. Right. That's right. So I understand that.
3: They're motivated by different things. You know, and I think one of the things that the teachers are concerned about is that they're going to wind up, um, the parents are going to wind up doing the teachers, the the kids' work, right? But let's get back to what motivates, because there's a number of different aspects that, that motivate them. We talked about the theoretical aspect. We talked about the practical aspect. There's another aspect where other kids, some kids just want to be loved, okay? They need that affection. All right, and 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 with those types of kids, you're going to the, the best way to get them to motivate them to do something is to come back and to uh, you know just give them affection periodically throughout the day. As you know, when they're when they're done a particular lesson after 45 minutes, however long the teacher have it structured, you know, come over and just give them a hug or, or give them some type of uh, of emotional appreciation that they're going to that they're going to feel you know good about what what they just did. That's and a good let them idea. Know, well, you know, I'm proud. I'm proud. I hate. Do, do this myself because I don't like to tell the kids I'm proud. I want them to be proud of themselves. Right. But so, so what you could say is, well, well, wow, that is awesome. So why don't you share with me what you just learned regarding that and, and you know, give them a hug or just, you know, what, whatever sign of affection you can give them, all right? Uh, don't go overboard, but just give them, you know, a nice little sign of affection. What will happen if you're doing this right, it's going to start to internalize and your kids are going to start to do this for themselves, all right?
1: That's a good idea, because I was thinking about some creative ways. Since I got a recording studio at my house, letting Evie like do <laughs> like do her classes out of the studio, so she could have like a, a big flat screen and a really good microphone. And with my Are you going to teach her to be
3: a singer or a uh, performer?
1: Well, uh, do, it Mark? just could be a little that little edge that keeps her involved, you know. Uh huh. But uh-huh. that's some good advice on keeping them engaged.
3: Well, thanks. Thanks. Now, there's another one, too. And some kids love to have structure, whereas some kids hate structure. So the right. ones who love to have structure, sit down with them. Okay, what are you going to do for the next 15 or 20 minutes? What are you going to do for the next 45 minutes? You know, and have them write down goals all right, as far as what they're going to do because they want that structure. All right? Some kids hate structure. So, so what you want to do is you just want to set the goals and reward them for achieving the goals. You know, and right. give them some type of, of status. Like, they, and this used to drive me nuts because I didn't care about this as a kid, but some kids like to get those little, you know, gold stars, you know, yep. or platinum stars, or, or silver stars, or get a multiple star. I mean, look at the football players who go around with these footballs on their helmets. Okay. You know, some people get motivated by that. And if that's what motivates your kid, that's what you all need right. to do. Don't, all right, Doc, we're running out of do we, we got to go stop. Yeah, okay,
1: we're okay. out of time. Sorry. All right, so very good. But that was a good segment, Doctor. Thank you.
2: Thanks.
1: All right. All
2: right, if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give him a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Kitsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153.
1: And a special thanks to all of our listeners and our sponsors. And Dr. Abelson, go to his website, ablesongroup.com. You'll be able to find it very easily and learn about Dr. Abelson. He's very interesting and really good at what he does. And we'll we'll be here every Sunday morning, 9 a.m., keep you informed. With that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland.
2: I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom.
1: You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.
2: When we make a profit, you see it. Better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community all the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours.